Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today is Debbie G of Spirituality Gone Wild. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And here we are. We're all three of us here today. This is cool because Debbie hasn't been able to be here every week, but she's here and she's going to be telling us some absolutely amazing stuff that she's been going through lately. I mean, I just know little pieces of it from stuff that she's shared so far. But, yeah. I mean, it's really great. And we we are now welcoming Neil Positivity, who did one show with us last week. It was so good. We had to ask him back to do it permanently. So, Neil is now joining us on Fridays. Welcome, Neil. Thank you. Thank you. It is my pleasure and honor to be here. And it's our pleasure and honor to have you here. And, and Debbie, when you get to know this guy, you're going to probably be as blown away as we were because this guy is just like, well, first of all, he's like you. He's like super high energy. Second of all, he has some of the most interesting takes on vibration and attraction and so forth that you've ever heard. So it's going to be yep. good stuff. Well, actually, but, I already know that. You know how I already know that? How do so you know the, that? Because, like, Neo's really easy to find. It's Neo Positivity. So you just look that up on Facebook. I, I was actually listening to something. I love his thoughts become things. I love mm-hmm. this. Okay, guys, we're going to, yeah, because it's all about, we're going to raise that vibration, and we're going to do it by sparking that G-vibe, man. That's it. I saw you. I like, oh, my God. You all, just listen. And what I love most about Neo, Neo, since you're here, uh, <laughs> if I could talk about you here, Walter, I'll just talk about him like he's not here. So you know what I love most about Well, you can do that. Neo? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I just, what I love most was he's no bullshit. And I just, no kidding. Go, oh, my God. It's like, yeah. Rip it, baby. So thank you for being here. Thank you. That was great. You need to intro me at my summit, for real. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) What I do. Amazing. Spirituality has gone wild, and we are in the house. So, gentlemen, how's how's your week been? Mine's been crazy, but it's been good. Neil's Neil's has even been better. I mean, amazing. (laughs) I'm on this. uh, I'm on this campaign to outdo. My yesterday, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 on like four days straight. Just you know, I'm wondering what the hell's gonna happen tomorrow. Sorry, my language, but uh, yeah, just getting stuff done. Just getting stuff done. You know, stuff that might be little stuff to other people. We can celebrate them. You know, the way yeah. we want to celebrate them. So, like, I just got I just got pre TSA approved yesterday. I'm so happy about that because those lines, no kidding, are insane. And then you always <laughs> see that one line where the people just walk through, and it's like. I'm going to go over there. Mm-hmm. 85 bucks, they fingerprint, do it, get it, trust me. Last five years. Wow. Seriously, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. You yeah, learn something new every go. single day. Where are you going? Where are you going to head? I am always flying somewhere, so it's just good to have that in line. My next flight, I don't know, it's probably going to be back to Miami um, to test out um, a hotel for you know, a potential summit in uh, October's summit physical location. Hopefully that'll be popping up. So I'm going to manifest that to be the next trip. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I love that. I see that happening too. It just, it's going to be extraordinary. There's this one hotel called the Fiona out in, have you heard of the Fiona? No. Go check that out. If you're going to be in Miami anyway, you're checking out hotels. Check that one out. It's, Seriously, it's so insane. Uh, uh, so Jessica Allstrom did her quantum revolution there. It was gorgeous. I didn't attend that one because it's in Miami. I don't even remember why. But anyway, so <laughs> check that out, dude. It's, it rocks. <sighs> so Sounds great. So what's been going on with you? I mean, because you've just been like flying at 5,000 miles an hour for the last three or four weeks. I don't know if you can remember half of it, but if you can... No, share. Ha! I had an amazing time. I went and helped with an event out in Arizona at the beautiful Veterans Village Kins Community with Bruce Perlowin, Craig Perlowin, all the all of these gorgeous, wonderful people, the vets, Warriors for Life America, yeah, rock on. I mean, this is an entirely, I don't even know how to explain this. It's a sustainable community where Bruce has added in hemp. So they get a plot of land. They live off the sale of the hemp. It's self-sustaining. Their fruit, their vegetables, everything's there. It's based off of the Anastasia, Anastasia, uh, 
chronicles that were written out of Russia. It's, a, it's a, an entire community and things. And, and I had never heard of the book. Kathy Mason's heard of this book, but I hadn't. Anyway, it's extraordinary. There's a lot of people in this world that talk about doing stuff, that talk about, oh, it would be nice if. These mm-hmm. people are doing it. They're making it happen. And, and you know, Bruce Perlowin is the king of pot. He is the original. He's the OG. I mean, this dude is awesome. Well, he is, seriously. I interviewed all the smugglers. I interviewed guys that spent 18 years in our federal prison for <laughs> marijuana. Hello. Somebody pull something out their ass, please. Who, who spends 18 years in federal prison for freaking marijuana? It's a plant, for God's sake. So we're on this huge mission to release these, anybody else that is still behind bars. And But that's that's just like an overview real quick, y'all. Okay, And you'll be seeing the interviews from the actual smugglers and things like that. It is coming. All the stories. Well, well, you saw I interviewed um, uh, Billy Hayes, the Midnight Express, which came out in two, uh, which came out in 1976 and was Oliver Stone's great Oscar winning movie. And it was about Billy's experience being imprisoned in uh, in uh, another in a foreign country. And in any way. The talking about gratitude, like he has all of these appreciation factors that he goes into for all the things he learned while he was in prison. You know, Billy's an amazing guy. So that's an example of kind of the stuff that I manifest, that we manifest as a collective consciousness, because that's what we're here to freaking do. Well, actually, you do as the point person, but I, I get your point. I mean, it's a great point. Well, and, oh, wait, there's more shit. You guys aren't going to trip the hell out. <laughs> okay. So check this. I believe me, y'all can pop in anytime. So listen, Neo, you're going to love this. Walt's been waiting for this one. So let me tell you guys how remarkable this is. So here's a story of a lovely lady. She <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have to have to. It is Friday. Life's not to be taken seriously ever. This is true. Ever. And. I'm sitting there talking to Bruce and I'm like, Bruce, have you ever watched this documentary called The Reality of Truth? And he smiles. And I said, there's this place called Rhythmia, which Jerry Powell owns and it's over in Costa Rica, which I want to go. I love this because I it's, it's a dream of mine. And he looks at me and smiles and tells me then how. He was at Rhythmia before it was even opened. And I'm like, of course you were. <laughs> and, he, and just, he is Bruce Perlowin, for goodness sake. Oh, my God. He's so cool, you guys. I swear to God. He is like a total freaking elf. He's like this little elemental. I swear. I love him. He'll tell you he's an he always oh, magical. So he looks at me. He goes, well, uh, he goes. <laughs> He goes, do you know Zappy? And I said, well, no, of course he knows Zappy. Zappy's the director. Now Zappy is, oh my God, amazing. All right. So then he dials up Zappy. So then I wind up on the phone with Zappy. Hey, Zappy, I love you. If you're ever watching this, which you will be, I'm sure. And so Zappy and I are talking and he starts, okay, y'all, now hold on. This is like a roller coaster ride. Ready? We've been chugging to the top and now we're at the top and ready to go for a ride. Okay. So then he goes, so then he said, <laughs> "It's a trip just listening to you. I don't even care what the message is. It's just a trip listening to well, you." Well, seriously, I you, you fly it like twenty five thousand feet, and then you go up. I mean, you don't even stay at that level. You keep going up. That's right. So, <laughs> boom. There's only one way to go, y'all. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> Zappy and I are talking, and he tells me about a movie he's just finished with Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom, who was, he's a basketball player mm-hmm. and he was married to a Kardashian. Not that that's, I mean, but I guess that's notoriety in itself. Anyway, this is about his process of sobriety, you guys, using Ibogaine, using ketamine, using plant medicine. So what's exciting is tonight at six o'clock, we're getting a private screening of this movie. And I have, because of wonderful Josie Herndon with Advanced Therapeutic Services, who also has a show on Spirituality Gone Wild. She has integrated me into the uh, recovery industry 
We've got a, so we've got people all over because of her, uh, 10 year online journal. Uh, I, you know, Spiro's gonna be there and he heads an Ibogaine actual treatment center out of Arizona. These guys are in Arizona. We're working with the Warriors for Life one on one. This is all tied together. Period. That, the moral of the story is this. Just go. Just go move forward. Quit worrying about this, that, the other, the how, the why, or any of that shit. Just know what you know that you know and go do it. And, and just know, you've got to know the universe shows up. And how, does this have anything to do with money? No. I want to be really straight about that actually. Because we are talking about abundance. This is abundance on a level that, that, that is beyond anything money, money or anything, uh, tangible like that could ever be. We are actually talking about breaking the, the silence and having a, an actual opportunity for people to truly bust through PTSD because it's proven. And when this comes out, when this movie comes out with Lamar Odom at the end of the month, y'all know this is going to be mind boggling, right? Mm. And yeah, I, sure. I, so what, what the spirit has done is said, here, Debbie, you know all these people and now these people can come in here that do this journey and that they have this mission and everybody is going to be together in one little space. And, um, these are people that actually are doing, not talking. And I'm excited about that. So that's my latest. That's a, uh, that's a lot of latest okay. and, and that's nicely condensed, I have to say, considering I, I know you've gone through like a whole bunch of stuff. Over the last few weeks, so you, you tied that up together really nicely. Very well. Oh, thank you. I, wow, yeah. there's a shit ton more. But I'm that's sure just, there is. Yeah, just just that right there in its little nutshell. You know, there's some super fun stuff too. But I want to just stop right there because I feel like that Neil might have some questions <laughs> or some I, thoughts. I I did want to mention one thing that I try to I try to stress as much as I can to people. Um, when when you have a goal, the more people it impacts. The, the faster and smoother it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the law of attraction, with spreading the law of attraction as a goal, it's no wonder all the pieces just falling together for you. They're just falling into place mm-hmm. and then just watch the beauty go. You know, we, we, we take guesses as to what's going to happen in between. I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to do that and that. And then we end up being wrong. And <laughs> I know that one. Oh, right. And I'm so actually, yeah. better anyway than we could have thought it was going to be. So we spent that time upset for no reason. Like those are the little games that we got to discover about ourselves yeah. and, and end them before they start. And um, just keep kids, keep doing what you're doing. I love it. The wheels are turning. More people are getting involved. Like I always say, companies are working together that might not have worked together before, you know, and we collectively mm-hmm. manifest something different. And uh, I love it. I love what you're doing. I love to be a part of it. You know, let me know. I love oh, the fact uh, also. The door's they- open. The door's open. I mean, like literally whatever. <laughs> right, come on, then come on. Come in. That's it. All right, all right. So send me your I email the address, that- and you'll be at the. And you, so be at that. E- send me your email address, uh, darling. And well, we're friends on Facebook, so just pop it over to me, and you'll be there. Nice. Okay, tonight, six p.m. Pacific time, and it's private, guys. Walt, if you want to, I was going to tell you about this. Yeah. If you are available, Walt, and you want to be there, this is an opportunity for us to see how that we can be of service for this entire mission. Mm-hmm. If you look at mindarmy.org, mindarmy.org, everybody, you'll see some more things behind what Zappy is doing right now. I'd also like to do a huge shout out to Hemp Incorporated. Uh, what Bruce and, and what Bruce and Craig and Frank are all doing, what everybody is doing is just, Wow, unbelievable. These kins communities are going to be all over the, the United States, and that's what they're doing right now. And battered women and children, anybody that's dealing with PTSD, they're even opening a healer's healing retreat center. Wow, very good. Very Super good. Like cool, that. yeah, right? I also want to mention, well, first of all, Jeffrey, I want to throw Jeffrey's comment up. He said, love to all those with PTSD. I have a few clients that I'm working with that have PTSD. Keep healing friends. So, yes, thank you for sharing that, Jeffrey. I yeah. also want to, to address something you talked about, Debbie, when you said, uh, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but the gist of it was abundance is more than just money. And it's yeah. a really, really key point because we tend to think about abundance, abundance in terms of money. But just to give one yeah. very obvious example, if you don't have your health, money doesn't do you any good. you got to have the abundance there, too. If you don't have the relationship you're looking for, the, the money isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. There are, there are people 
who are millionaires who have no relationships and no health. What kind of life right. is that? So well, it's, it's, it's way That's beyond it money. Well, it's more than boring. It's actually unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. This is true. Yeah. I love, I love you brought that up. You know, um, I had something come through my memories on Facebook today. It was Bob Miller, who was Mr. Practice Gratitude Success. Abundance is that which you hold in your heart with a deep gratefulness Mm. and love. It's just a pure love. And he's no longer on the planet. It's a pure love. That's the only thing you're taking with you. You know, you come into this planet and you are naked as a jaybird. (laughs) <laughs> just in case you weren't sure of it just we wanted to make no, sure you understood your booty is bare <laughs> and when you leave this pla- oh and another thing the very first thing to beat is the heart and it, 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 the mm. embryo the very first thing when you are created is your heartbeat is what is there's 40,000 brain cells that emulate brain cells anyway within your heart okay this is Dr. Uh, uh, or this is Greg Braden and Joe Dispenza's mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. Heart Ma- the Heart Math Institute. So go back to, okay, so you're born naked. Your heart's the first thing to beat. Your breath is the first thing you take. Oh, life force, okay. When you croak, guess what? You're naked? Well, you're going to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you're beyond caring at that point, but that's another thing. Well, you're not actually giving a rouse, but I mean, I haven't croaked yet, but I'm pretty sure we're not going to give a shit. And, but your, your heart stops and you take your last breath. Now, between birth and there, we, we, we all of a sudden decide that we're going to make all this other shit important. The only thing you take with you, if it's your heart, then that obviously means that the who you're grateful for and the who in your life is a hell of a lot more important and who that you can leave a heart print on the planet with today is more important than any physical thing could ever be. That's that's really, I think, the biggest thing that's came out of my life today. That's the only and I could be wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think you're on the right track. I'm the just like, you I, know, I might, it, I might I, say I like it a little it differently. The way, the way I would say it is abundance to me means fullness, fullness of life. Ooh, that's and, full, and fullness is really what jazzes you. Anyone who has any doubt about the importance of jazz, listen to Debbie for the last five minutes. I mean, just play that section back. That'll get you the idea of what jazz is all about, you know? I, I actually don't think there's any of our listeners who have any doubt about it, but I'm just saying. We're going to help. <laughs> We're helping. We have freaking solutions, guys. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, come on. Come on now. We have solutions. Hey, neopositivity, your solution is in the name neopositivity. Debbie is. G. He, I'm Debbie. Yeah, Debbie he, G. Sparked the, oh, the G vibe girl. Like, you see how these two just meld? Walt. You, you, guys, you guys just kind of like started right out of the gate with the name. I mean, that's where, that's where the whole thing started. And you just kind of grew it out of that, which is fabulous. You started with an idea. Gee, what a shocker. You started with an idea and the idea exploded. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're passionate about something and you just go for it, put all your into it, put everything into it, you get the results. That's why I try to tell people to just, Make sure you're in alignment with what you're doing and give it your all and just watch the universe amaze you. I wanted to say real quick about your analogy, uh, Debbie. Uh, it's like when you come in naked, you don't care. And uh, when you leave naked, you don't care. And those are the two common things that stood out to me. Like you're just fresh, you're free, you're ready to live this world. You're not worried about stuff. And then as we grow older, we start worrying about more and more. What am I going to do here? What is this person going to think? How much do I got to spend here? And we we pick up all these nasty tendencies, I guess, and then um and then at the end we're right back to not caring again. <laughs> so it's like, why not just get there sooner? That's my whole thing. I I noticed a lot of elderly people would be staring off places, and I wondered why. I was like, are they just losing it? Like, what's going on? And what I I think how I kind of realize now is like the first third of your life you're learning. The second third of your life, you're using what you learned. And the third, the last third of your life, you, you're pretty much like, I don't care. Like, forget all I, I learned that none of that matters. Let me just enjoy some nature. And so I was like, you know what? Let me get there now. 
and not waste all my time. And so, yeah, I'm really into nature and views and stuff like that and staring off. Me and my grandma, she, I was the only person in the family that she, she would just stare off with. And we'd go out on my balcony and just stare off for hours. And I know people probably thought, what are they doing? I'm like, leave us alone. We, we, we good. Leave us alone. <laughs> I but love yeah. it. Yeah, that's, it's different ways of seeing things. Man. And so you got to trick the ego. You got to make the ego shut up, which means you got to see things differently because stuff is going to keep happening. So that's just one of my many methods. That's a I good love one. that. Actually, you were saying if you can't sit, I heard you. In, in one of the talks you were doing and you said, if you can't sit alone with yourself, there's something not good. There, there's something wrong here. And this is a really big, uh, teaching that Neo's got about sitting. Can, can you sit there quietly without your phony phone? Without, can you just sit and be Ferdinand the bull for all y'all that are as old as me? <laughs> I love that book too. I I know, right? So I'm just gonna sit and smell the flowers. (laughs) And what if you can't, Neil? What if you can't? What if you can't? What do you suggest people do if they can't sit? Hmm. Untether. Yeah. Um. That that book, Untethered Soul. I've only. Just, you know, got to know it a couple of weeks ago, but it's really changed everything. And if you can just listen to that voice that's talking, you'll disassociate from the situation at least for a couple of seconds and just keep doing that over and over again. You'll get better at it. Your moments of peace will last longer and then you will be able to sit in a chair. But unfortunately, like seriously, 99% of the people I know can't sit in a chair for more than 15 seconds because I think that what's going on up here is so bad they don't want to be there. Honestly, they're like, I just need to get out of Dodge and they'll get up and walk away. And it's like that you don't find anything wrong with that, (laughs) that you can't be with you like for more than 30 seconds. And so it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's, it's a shame, but that's what we're here for. You know, it's well, it it isn't even the sitting. It's like you say, it's the being with yourself. There are people who just can't be alone. That's really what you're talking about. I think people who just don't feel comfortable enough in their own skin to just be with who they are. And, and you're right. It is kind of sad. On the other hand, I always like to think about it in terms of the, uh, the, the multi-step method of, of manifesting. It always starts with what you don't like, right? You have what you don't like, which tells you what you do like, which tells you this is what I'm going to focus on. You start focusing on it and you start getting it. Well, the first step is here's what I don't like. And if the first thing that you don't like is being alone with yourself, okay, you got a starting point and it's a good starting point because the moment that you finally come to the conclusion that you know, maybe I really would be better off if I actually could spend some time with myself. That's the moment when everything starts to shift. Mm-hmm. That's the moment when everything starts to get better because we decide not to worry anymore about the fact that we're alone. I love that. And you know why I love it? Because listen, I was, how old was I? When, when I split up with my ex six years ago, well, I'm 53 now, so I was, what, 47 then? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just did math. I'm all proud of myself right now. Good for you. Um, all right. <laughs> anyone that knows me, GPS and math. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Over that. Right now. But uh, I had to make a conscious decision to be alone uh, because I just didn't want to do relationships and relating again the way I was doing it. So I had to stop and step into a different space. You know, or realize, yeah, yeah, we're never alone. And and actually, okay, y'all, what do you think about if we look at like what David Strickle says and we say preferences? Is a preference not so much a preference? Is a preference not so much a preference? I'm even removing the the judgment of like and dislike or the or the discord with it and looking at it and realizing it just is. It just is. Debbie, so if it's not our preference, we just, but without actually just judging it. Yes. No, I was, I'm sorry. I thought you were finished. I just wanted to say, um, they're, uh, no, please. they're happy about you sharing the mind army on, uh, on Facebook. So we're going to get some people. It's not a private thing. People can, like more people can come or just invite type deal. It's just an invite guys. Yeah. Okay. There is the world premiere is coming and I will have all of that information for everyone 
to see the world premiere. This is specifically for those in the industry, those that work, do PTSD work uh, and, and that kind of thing. Both of y'all are in that category. You too. So it's definitely, I mean, anybody who does this, this specific work, who wants to get behind, uh, plant medicine being an, uh, an alternative, you know, there's aftercare guys, there's all kinds of stuff. I just met with Daniel Gutierrez uh, a couple days ago. He's here in Long Beach. I love you, Daniel. And he owns Catalinas, which is in Peru. And this is another center. This is another place where, where this medicine is possible. And, what I've seen with my own two eyeballs, y'all, I sat and I watched Marines that have been in severe combat, that have lost tons of their men, that have had mm. to kill, that have had to kill. Yeah. Okay? And I've sat and I personally watched them in ceremony. Yeah, this is touching and dead, I can tell. Because they deserve to, they deserve to get, they deserve to be free. That's Mm. why. They deserve to be free. We all were born free. Nobody deserves to be bound by their mind. Because of experiences that they've had and they don't know how to stop the cycle. They don't know what to do to say enough. They don't know how to do it because it's just how this is. Severe, severe PTSD. Now, I've had some pretty gnarly shit myself. So I'm telling you all, it's just like um, an amazing experience to be part of this environment where we have solutions so that the things I just said are true. What you're talking about reminds me very much of someone who has been a past visitor here on the show a few times, uh, Chief Harold Peck. Uh, was oh. In the military, at least three tours of duty. I can't remember exactly how long he was in. And ultimately, they kind of they, they didn't boot him out. They just kind of pushed him out, saying, "Look, your, your body is a wreck at this point. You can't do it anymore. You know, go go live your well-earned retirement." So yeah. he did, but he was still dealing with the PTSD. And he took a he decided on his own to take a walk across Colorado this past summer, a five hundred mile trek, five hundred miles. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he was out in the middle of nowhere for large chunks of it, you know, like, you know, out there with nature and the stars in the sky and all that kind of stuff. And he ended up doing what indirectly what you talked about. He ended up coming face to face with himself and he ended up basically challenging himself on the question of how was he going to get past what he had perceived for the longest time as his own brokenness. And then he had an epiphany. His epiphany was, I'm not broken. Nope. I was never broken. Nope. And it made, it, it changed his entire outlook. I mean, he's right now, right now I know he's been going the last few months, he's been going through kind of a personal retreat to kind of come to terms with what he learned yeah. last summer. But it was, it was life changing for him. And I'm thinking when you're talking about these guys who are out in Arizona dealing and doing the same kind of thing, I'm yeah. thinking, I wonder how many of them are now able to say, I am not broken. Well, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to one up, we're going to go one uh, step higher. Not only, okay. are they, not only are they saying they're not broken, but they found their inner, oh, their king. Mm. Their, their mm. king. They found their inner king. These men are stepping into their, their masculine, to their king. They found their king. And I'm, we are the queens to help them help. We are together with them to do this thing. We support our kings in finding their inner voice. That's what we do. And I'm, that's what I saw happen, dude. It was like serious men. Look at, no, I have pictures. I have pictures. Uh-oh. I have, I, I have pictures. Oh, I posted them. They're absolutely adorable. I can't wait. Okay. So I need to know this chief peck. I'll tell you what, but well, we have, great. I have, I did post them actually. If you go onto my personal uh, Facebook page, you'll see all the Marines out there doing yoga. In adorable shorts. They're just way cute. They're adorable. <laughs> well, you know I love you, Kane. You know I love you, Leland. 
and Hamilton <laughs> and all. I mean, but they're adorable. Like I, I, they're, I'm old enough to be their mamas. That's not like that, but they are really cute shorts. I gotta admit. <laughs> No. If I were young, I would think those are real cute shorts. Mm, I don't think you have to even wait on that. You've, you've already gotten there at any age. <laughs> I know. I'll tell you what. So, yeah, right. so Neil, Neil, what do you think of what do you think of the inner king? I uh, I'm pretty sure one of my profile pictures is is a pawn with a mirror that has a king on the other side. Uh, <laughs> Love it. I think that is detrimental. Um, so, so all of the law of attraction. I wasn't, I wasn't able to excel to really explode until I wrapped my head around the king within or or the god within, whatever you want to want to call it. But I really take oneness with God to a to a different level. Like in my yeah. mind, in my mind, you know, I I did it earlier with the Play-Doh. I wish I had it. Um, where I make the Play-Doh with two lumps and I'm like two people and give them a story, but then I smush it down. I'm like it's just one. Like that story you gave it is you. And that's how I kind of like see everybody. We're all just one vibrating frequency wave that just so happens to have the same definition as God, you know, can never be created or destroyed, moving in and out of everything, you know. So it's like I'm really, really good with that. So when it comes to catch, capturing my inner king, it's an automatic. I made it a thought foundation. I'm one with God. Uh, if you ask me, that's a little bit higher up than the king, you know. And if I can get everybody else on that level, like, you know, some of these soldiers, um, that would be amazing. I want to ask you this. I've always had trouble or it's always been an obstacle or hurdle, whatever you want to call it with, um, with like vets. Cause it's very hard to tell somebody who's been through some stuff like that. They also become things you kind of manifested that, you know what I mean? Like they kind of like, oh, this is not my fault. Da, da, da. And so how do you, how do you get around that? Right. I love that you're asking that question. Um, one of the ways that they are broken from it is that they do see that this path was of their choosing. The plant medicine gives them this enlightenment. What you're talking about is victim syndrome. Mm-hmm. And they need to hear the truth. Look, I, we all know victim syndrome is the BS. It's kind of like the BD. It is contagious. <laughs> and if you... And it, it is. It's a hard one to swallow. Look, I won Emmys for this shit. So I was a great victim. Oh, my God. People pleasing, codependent, narcissistic. Go, oh, man. I had every I was every one of those at some point. Because that's just, well, I covered it really well. And so now when I say victim syndrome is like it's definitely the VS. Well, we have a solution. We have the emergency butt hurt kit. <laughs> So the emergency butt hurt kit is like this. You can go sit down on your special hemorrhoidal pad. We'll give you some tissues for your issues, and you just write that shit on down. You go ahead. You see? That's, I mean, how do you deal with it? You have to deal with it straight up. Now, you want to be, I mean, are, are we going to use compassion? Of course we are. Or of course we're going to be compassionate. Are we going to be, uh, use the tool of curiosity? Are we going to actively hear and listen what's real for them and then invite them to maybe view it a little bit differently. I probably wouldn't hit a strong, h- hardcore PTSD client with y'all and victim syndrome. No. That, that, that's like going, going from zero to 60 in five seconds or yeah, less. That's, probably, that's a fast acceleration. Yeah. No, no. I don't call the ambulance until I've worked with them for a minute. When I work mm. for, and then it's the wham. Okay, yeah, you need the wham. I call it on myself. I created the ambulance for myself. Mm. Okay? Because good. And then the victim syndrome came out. I'm like, oh, I'm a victim. But I know what that's like to be stuck in victimhood. And I also know that that shaming that we do to ourselves is so brutal in the victim syndrome. And the reason we go at it compassionately with curiosity is to invite somebody to possibly think about it a little differently. If you're telling the same story over and over and over again, and you think your life is going to change, that's your first clue. You're telling the same Mm. shit over and over. But here's the deal. Y'all, it might be working for that person to be there and that might be okay too. That's right. I'm can I, I'm gonna chime in on this one because oh, I, I, I have a cousin of mine that went to jail for like 29 days, so it wasn't even serious. Like, you know, it wasn't serious. 
That's pretty uh, serious regardless. Yeah, yeah. So every at every barbecue, every time I pass by him, he's telling telling stories about his jail visit. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I got to get him to stop doing that or he's mm. going to end up back in jail. Right. 100% hands down, like my shirt says, he's going back for some stupid stuff again. And like I said, it's not even it was that long. It wasn't even there that long. Why are you still talking about it? <laughs> of, everything I said to him, I could never get him to stop telling this story. And one day... Uh, he was telling it to a group of other cousins, and I could see his negative energy just attaching onto them. Mm. Uh, a slime trail, I call it. He was leaving a slime trail all over. Nice charm. I like that. Um, and I walked up. Thank you. I walked up, and I said, I said, I don't know how it just came to me, because I, I was looking for, looking for this for years. And I finally, I just said, damn, that's the seed you're going to water right now. Mm. And I saw his mind go seed, water, plant. I never heard him tell that story again. Really? Oh, nice. Finally got through to him. And, uh, you know, he hasn't been back to jail since, you know, but. Good. Good yeah, for, good for you. You've got to, yeah. especially when it's someone you care about, when you see them going down that rabbit hole, when you see them constantly taking it to that negative headspace, it's, yeah. you got to reel them back in. You don't want to force the law of attraction on anybody because, you know, they might not receive it, but when it's your loved ones, you want to. So you got to reel them back in. Uh, you guys have any strategies? For that, let's say for a 16-year-old kid that's two rooms over from me. <laughs> well, kids are actually easier, I think, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's, it's the guys my age that are the hard ones because they've got you know, 60 years of all this negativity that they're going to try to reverse in about five days, and that's not going to work so nicely. But the kid's 16. He hasn't built up that much yet. He's built up some, for sure, especially if he's lived in a, you know, a, a tough neighborhood or something like that. But... He hasn't built up the same amount that he would have built up if he made it. Well, first of all, if he lived that long, if, you know, if he made it to 60, he'd have a whole ton of it built up by that point. You know, so th that's the first point that I think about. The second one I point about is, okay, he is where he's at right then. Whatever that is, he may be in a really negative headspace, but he's at the point that he's at. Where's the payoff for him? There's always a payoff, no matter how bad how crazy, how stuck, how victim-driven we are. There's always a payoff. Right, Dad? Isn't there always a payoff to being a victim? Well, if it's serving, you know, it's real simple. That's just what's serving them. I love all this, though. That's a good question. My kids are 29 and almost 33. Mm -hmm. And what? how – all right, Neil, you ready? <laughs> it's not my business. It's mm. not my business. It's not my business. Fuck it. Oh, excuse me. I did it again. <laughs> you do it about every five minutes. You can just let that one go, you know? All right. Well, oh, thank I'm God. I'm with you. But it's okay. Letting go of the idea that we need to interrupt somebody else's dark moment. Letting go of the idea as a parent that it's our job to get them out of the dark and not allow their soul growth is a real hard one to do, especially mm -hmm. when you got a 16 year old. I got a 29 year old that does this all the time. How do you do it, sweetie? You be the example. You see, yeah, you have true. to, you got to be the hundredth monkey, man. And the hundredth monkey is social change. You see, the monkeys were studied um, in Hiroshima. This is a true in 1956. You all look it up. And in 1956, when they're studying it, we, they noticed that the children were washing the yams. You see, he's actually here to teach you, and we think he's here. We're here, they're here to teach them. And these these monkeys started washing their yams. Nobody else was doing it. And over the years, they noticed that they taught the parents and and so on and so forth. And pretty soon, the whole island is washing their yams. Okay, well that's cool. They, they, they're like, wow, when did this happen? They assume it's at the hundredth monkey. That's the hundredth monkey effect. Now, what's even more bizarre is that this happens across, uh, hundreds of miles away in another island. They're doing the same right. study and they, they see the same social change 2.0. Yes. So the mimicking, the learning, the everything, we are the example. So, you know, um, the challenge is there with our children, though, to give us that expansion. It's also helping us to learn to let go of what we think needs to be. And it's a tough one. I love what Jeff Jeff is saying, you know, uh, being vulnerable. Being vulnerable is is very true, and I love that. 
because vulnerability is the new sexy, you know. So there's many, but compassionately communicating, there's just like a whole ball. That's a whole other ball game. Like, and it's my kids thought I had gone half shit bonkers crazy, which I'm like, it took you that long to figure that out. What's up with you? <laughs> Jesus, man. Um, yeah, but I, I can't say that to anybody. I don't care how old they are because it took me 50 years. So, you know, I got nothing on them. Well, the, I'm just saying my kids like they they when I started doing this, I said, listen, I did dysfunction. We did dysfunction. Now, mm. at this point, their dad had already died. And this was just a few years ago. And they are going through their stuff. This is like we have some serious stuff. Like, how are we going to read? How do I do this differently? Because I know what we're doing is not working. And they, you know, course you know right up like no and i'm like i don't give a shit look we did it this way uh, you can think i'm crazy all you want i'm gonna try it my way because <laughs> this is not worked and uh then you just can't not give a crap oh yes i can oh yeah. yes i can yes i can y'all the consequences are the consequences you know oh let's talk about the most compassionate tribe in africa i'll give you another one for your son this one's killer Okay, so the most compassionate tribe in Africa, they when they decide to have a child, they go off and they pray. The wife prays until she hears a melody. She hears a song and she learns the song. She comes back and she teaches it to her husband and they make love and they sing the song. And all during the pregnancy, she's singing the song. They're teaching the song to the tribe. When this child is born, it is born into this world by singing the song. Okay. When this child needs to be reprimanded, what do you think they do? They sing. They remind him who he is. They remind him. They sing him his song. Even when he does something gnarly and like we would like be like death sentence. I'm serious. They I I am absolutely 100 percent serious. They will pull the chief in and the chief will sing him his song. Mm. The, the child, the, the, the now a young adult. Yes. And they go off and they sit and they remember their melody within of who that they truly are. And we remind our children who they really are, not the judgment of what their act is. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's, that's what I have to say about that. That's deep right there. I'm on it. I am on it. I got, I got you're, for my son. <laughs> you're also reminding me of something that uh, Cindy Chavez has told us many times here on the show. She points out that energy entrains into itself which is another way of saying whatever your energy is, is what you're going to get more of. So if you are trying to influence somebody else, yes, they have to be receptive to some degree to whatever influence you're you're putting their way. But if you want them to be influenced by you, you got to influence them on the level you want them to be at. You got to be at that level. And that sometimes requires starting at their level and climbing up. That's okay. But what, what about if, do, what, but what if you shouldn't be looking at anybody's level and only minding your own shit? Well, let me get there. Let this me get there. Okay. okay. Yep. Go, baby. Let go. me get there be, be, because uh, that's actually part of where I'm going to. So bear with me. You, you, I'm just going, in, I'm going the slow road. You, you took the fast route right to the top of the, of the mountain. So, which is typical. That's what you're good at. You're really great at that. What I'm suggesting is if you start with where they're at, understand that vibration. Raise your vibration and raise it at a rate that is comfortable enough for them to still be around. They will tend to entrain to it. Mm. And then as mm. you get higher and higher and higher, like you are alluding to, an interesting phenomenon takes over. Indifference. You become much more indifferent to whatever crap they're dealing with. And because you become more indifferent to it, if they keep following you up, guess what happens with them? They become indifferent to the same crap. And so you basically are, it's like a train. The, the train is, is, you know, the, the engine is leading the cars up the hill mm-hmm. until finally they, they basically follow you to the top of the hill, which of course really you never reach it. The top is endless. But the point is that's how you, you leave them there. Now, just because you can leave them there doesn't mean they're actually going to follow. And I think that's what goes to your point. Your point is you have to be willing to just let them, you know, if they're going to wallow, they're going to wallow. Just let them be there. But if you really want to lead them out, that's the way to lead them out and be ready for the fact that they may not follow. But if they do, take advantage of the fact that energy entrains unto itself. Interesting theory. I like that. I have this video called Manifesting Actions. 
and uh, just a quick rundown of what it is, what it's about. Um, my son, the same one, he was acting up as my daughter was the angel, and my son, you know, he was me coming up. So yeah, I got the payback. Yeah. I just say. So um, he was acting up in school, you know, grades or whatever, not doing homework, whatever. And when people would ask him, you know, how's Tony doing? I would be like, this boy, you know, like, oh, it always started like that. And when I realized in the spirit of manifesting, what was I doing every time I thought that, every time I said that, every time I got an email from one of his teachers or whatever, you know, I was watering this negative seed. I was manifesting this situation into my life. And so what I did was I went back and I looked at some old emails from like three years before, no lie, like three years before when his teachers were emailing me good reports also. I looked at those and I yeah. bet you not every single time I dip into that batch of emails, I get a cool month out of them. You know, I get yeah. a good month out of them. No I lie. I believe it. And so that's, that is one of my biggest law of attraction type things. If you, if you, if your yeah. boss is being a butthole, just think of the old boss that wasn't just appreciate how cool it was and how they appreciated you and watch what happens at work. Capitalize on that. Um, there is a fine line between wanting someone to do something and proactively manifesting someone to do something. It's, it's, it's a gray area. You might get disappointed if it doesn't go the way you want, but if you can play it the right way and make it all about you, just bring it home center. I'm manifesting this for my future. Not worried about anyone else's energy. I think you do some amazing things with that. If you could, if you can sniper hit it the right way, use the right mental techniques, the right mental exercises. Yeah, you can get other people to do some things. Trust me. <laughs> I I have to. I, I I agree, and I think it kind of comes within like what you're saying. We're creating our preferred reality, and if we're creating our preferred reality, that means that it's just. It's just the way it's just the way it rolls when you start remembering remembering our children when they first came in this earth. That's I literally have to go all the way back to that. Like I have to go way back. Because sometimes as they're older now, the challenges are different. You know? So I have to go way, way back. And I have to just keep remembering that, keep remembering that, keep remembering that. And this is not a cakewalk, y'all. This is like doing this stuff is it's practice. It, it, it takes well, practice. it's total practice and with intention. And mm -hmm. this is part of our work. Because if you can do this with your kids, you can do it with anybody. <laughs> you got to change your foundations, though. This isn't something you could just affirmation away and just start believing. That's true. You gotta change the way you see things so that when events hit you, your ego sees them differently. It doesn't go into panic mode. It doesn't do all the crazy stuff that it's doing now. You have to literally trick your ego into reacting differently. And once you get that leash on your ego, you're good. You turn that leash into a shot collar, you start steering it left and right, you know, make it yeah. your, you know, make it your slave or whatever you want to call it. And then uh, just roll from there. Once you get a hold of the ego, once you learn more about it, that's why I said you got to study. Um, Debbie, you said something earlier about uh, one of your friends took a personal retreat after he had some discovered some stuff about himself. It's hard to find people who are going to go and discover, discover some stuff about themselves, let alone take another chunk of time after that to analyze that. That's somebody who's headed somewhere. That's somebody who's on the right path. And I encourage everyone to get like that. If you learn something new about yourself, study what you just learned. Don't just go with that. Take it deeper than deeper than deeper. You're only going to get to know yourself better and more. And your relationship with yourself, AKI, will be better. And you'll get more and you'll be happier. And it's all just like a four-dimensional spider web of perfectness. And what, what you're really talking about is paying attention more often on a much more regular basis to what's important to you, to what you like, to what feels good to you, that that's the right direction, it resonates with you. Just the act of doing that. I mean, I love the way you describe it, but just the act of doing it more than you were doing the other one or even increasing the difference between the two, just that alone makes all kinds of difference in the way stuff happens in your life. It makes a difference in the way that you experience things. It makes a difference in the way that you care about things. That, hey. I think that's the biggest thing. You guys have been eloquently talking about how we get into this space of, you know, that, that negative space and we kind of hang out in that space and we're looking for all this crap in the space. And that's really just focusing all of our attention on stuff that we don't like. How easy it is to realize all we got to do is shift our attention to what we like. 
I mean, it's, or it's the simplicity of it. Yeah. Well, appreciation, same thing. Yeah. It, I mean, Gratitude. the simplicity of it actually stops us in our tracks because we say, well, that's too darn easy. It can't be that. It's that I'm going to say since, since gratitude could be far-fetched for some people because of their current situation. Obviously, I'm from the hood, so I naturally think of them in a lot of situations and how they would mm-hmm. get over it. It's hard to appreciate in certain situations. So if you can't appreciate, you got to just kind of give it a old bucket type mentality. Like, this is happening. I have zero control over this situation right now. And that's a huge thing about your mentality. You got to realize that you have zero control over anything happening around you. Even if you want to lift your arm, you got to wait for that pulse to go down. The only thing you have control over is your imagination. And that just so happens to be the prerequisite to what's going to happen out here. So once you realize I ain't got no control over the situation, it's going to be what it is for now. You give out that deep breath and you could just let it go. That's way better than holding on. Totally. No doubt. So and I, I, I actually, I love that. See, because what you're bringing up is a couple of things. Um, one is the fact that gratefulness is viewed as being weak to be grateful. It's a, it's a myth. Dr. Mm-hmm. Robert Emmons in the book of thanks and also, uh, the little book of gratitude dispels all these myths in the 25 years of research that he's done over the word grateful. However, you're a hundred percent on point because there's times it's like, I, I know I'm not going to be grateful for that. I don't feel like it because it looks like shit. <laughs> well, okay. And my thought, well, there's Miss Gratitude. She's not in the house. Okay. Because I, it's no, I'm, we're all human. What do you do? I wish I could be, I wish I could be grateful for this. I wish I could like this shit, but I don't. And it's, I loved how you said it. it's just, fuck it. It is what it is. Like, that's all you can do. That's all you can do. The other thing I love is curiosity. When we're looking at shifting from a space of the lead of the ego into the gold of the spirit, and we need to figure out how to appreciate it, be curious with yourself why it bugs you in the first place. Mm. So the answer is within. It's not within out there. It's within here. So if you get curious with you, well, why can't I appreciate this? Well, I don't know. Are you afraid of the dark? Well, you might be. But when the dark is dark, do we sit and judge it as being bad? No. So, but yet we judge the things that come up in our life as being good or bad because we were taught to do such rather than observing, observing the, the isness of what is happening. And when it doesn't suit us being curious, why the hell is this bugging me? I had to do this with my son like, today too (laughs) (laughs) what you mean this is daily you have to do this stuff oh my god all the free oh please yes okay look i have had in the last two weeks i have been i'm like stretch armstrong you know that toy that you stretch like this and you stretch the fucker and you just keep stretching it (laughs) okay that was my ego, the Stretch Armstrong. And I'm like, there's a couple people that put, and I, oh, then I had to sit back and go, damn it. Why is it bugging me so much? What am I seeing here? What am I recognizing that I need to own within me? What boundary, what word, what thing has not been put into place that I am even feeling this way right now? What kind of self-responsibility can I take for this? Because I am not going to get into that space that's going to suck ass and be uh, victimhood. That was how I like literally did it. I had to just sit with myself and go, but these are the moments when you're stretched like that. When you snap two again, you're going to be like, ah, okay. I think I might get this a little bit, you know, maybe not. I could croak tomorrow and come back and tell you something totally different. I promise. I because I'm going to haunt everybody. What you're doing. Look what you're doing though. When you, when you do that, you're, you're actually beyond, you're going beyond asking the question. You're also asking the, the, the unstated question is, which is where do I want to be instead? Well, yeah. Exactly. Oh, and here's something to think about. Maximum grace is the grace being the fragrance of life, the fragrance of what is. 
when you've lost everything and you're sitting wherever you're sitting and you're thinking how life sucks, how about the, if you're just sitting wherever it is and just feel into the grace, the fragrance of life, how do I do that? Well, I might have to go put my feet in the grass. Mm-hmm. Might go back to Neo's beginning with his grandma and, and sitting with nature and sitting with what is and not judging it. Do we judge at the tree and say, tree, you know what? I don't even like the way you're growing right now because you su- And in fact, you know what, tree? I, I don't even think I like that branch the way that you grew that at all. <laughs> you know, and, and no, you suck, tree. No. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to jump in and say that, uh, that has a lot to do, I think, with, you know, we have no control over it, so we kind of just let it go. And that's what people need to do with other situations that they yeah. need control over. But in that book, The Untethered Soul, I just wrote that down. It's He, he speaks about a need to feel comforting, comfort in a situation. Um, I, I use me for an example. I was always scared to fly. Um, and, and when I thought about it, my mind would be like, okay, you're in the air, da-da-da. And it gives me as much control over the situation as it can to keep me at bay mm. and feel okay. So that's, that's kind of what happens. Every situation you have, your mind, if your mind isn't comfortable with it, it tries to come up with a way that it can handle it. It can deal with it. And then you're sitting with this, okay, this is how I'm going to have to deal with this situation. And it's like, if you could get out before that, if you could jump out and wake up before your mind takes you there, that's the goal. That's the goal right there. Don't spend no time there. And then once you do that more often, the brain is a muscle, has muscle memory. You do it more often, they'll start to do it for you. Start yeah, to do that's it the fun part. And then you end up in a situation where you're just saying, yo, I, I'm never going back to my old way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's That was my main goal. When I was working with people doing my life coaching thing, they had me labeled as a life coach. Um, that was my thing. I need to get you in a normal headspace of this, this, and that. I need you waking up more often on your own. You shouldn't need me. That's my whole thing. I shouldn't be your life coach. For two years. Nah. Oh, my doing- God. I love you. That's, that means I'm not doing my job. Right? Yeah, yeah. Louise had the same philosophy when she was a therapist. She was a therapist for 10 years. And okay. her, her philosophy was basically grow or go. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no third option. Nice. Right. You, know what, you know what I dig is that what, you know, what you just said was basically like let go of your attachment to things and what it needs to look like. 100%. I love that. I have this. Hold on, I'll get it. This book right here. Oh wait, Doctor Wayne. This is the best book on the planet. I swear to you, change your life, dude. This this thing is just like living by hidden virtue. It's the it's the teachings of the Tao Te Ching. What Wayne Dyer did is he took he took ten of the most popular uh, interpretations of the Tao Te Ching in the Western uh, world. And he spent one year and he studied every single day. He would take one verse and he would meditate on that and he would expand on it. The Tao Te Ching is beautiful because everything that you're talking about, um, Neo and, and Walt, have to do with uh, these types of teachings about letting go. Let's how really was good and it really stepping into that space of just just letting go. You know, I, I just opened it up and, and it just remain a servant. See yourself as someone who's on the planet to assist others. Look for opportunities to be of aid, particularly to those who need your leadership. Remember, the great sea serves everyone by being a life-supporting receiver of all who wish to partake of her bounty. So practice emulating her by expressing the Tao. Very nice. I, that. I, I like that. This, oh, this was it. Dude, that, that's, that's the book right there. There it is. For everybody who, who can't see it on the podcast, it's the Dr. Wayne Dyer book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And Goodbye. it is definitely a winning book. No doubt about that. Yeah. Living the Wisdom of the Tao. We, we, we miss Dr. Wayne Dyer's physical presence here on this planet. Um, but extraordinary work he's left behind. And this is Absolutely. one of my favorites, but no. I just want to say thank you to both of you today for just being outstanding and wonderful and for lifting my heart vibration. So extraordinary. I, I want to thank both wow. of you for, for now being part of the Friday team with me. I love this. This is great. I mean, I, I've been an advocate for some time now that three is the best combination 
for doing a podcast. You guys just proved me right. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that. Good stuff. It's my turn. Thank you guys. Like I said before, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here doing this with you guys with two people that are very good at this. Cause I did a, I did a podcast called Masters of the Law of Attraction. And what I learned was a lot of people I was interviewing didn't really know what the hell they was talking about. <laughs> so it's refreshing. It's very refreshing to be here and do this. It's like medicine for me. Like literally, it's like a reset medicine for me. I'm ready to go now. So thank you for that. You just All said right. it. You just said it. The reset. Y'all, this is the reset. That's what we are doing, all of us. We just talk. I was talking to this about Leland and with Leland and the, the, our vets the other day, and I'm like, guys, it's no longer recovery. It's a, it's, it's a. And then somebody said reset. I said yes. Yes. Reset. Nice. I like that. We're gonna reset. Stuff. I love you guys, well, Jeffrey. You need to hit me up so I can I can interview you. Do that. Sounds Theo, good. You gotta book with me. I, I love you guys. And with that, we were like a minute over, so I got to pull this to a close. But, you know, I mean, when it goes good, you can't stop it. You just got to keep the energy going. But thank you guys very much. Thank you especially to our podcast listeners because, hey, guys, without you, we wouldn't have a podcast. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 